over the course of the past week, we've had a, a news organization flip out over internet videos and memes, and uh, I sort of wrote a blog post about it, and I have to retract some of the things I said in regards to it, so we'll visit that. We uh, have to take a look at Donald Trump, the G20 riots, the G20 summit, and specifically what happened with, you, you, you got it right, Russia, 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 Russia. So there's all that and a little bit more in this, what is a Fritz cast, Fritz forward. Ladies and gentlemen, tighten your seatbelts, get ready, because this is Fritz cast, Fritz forward. It is, it is though, on Monday, July 10th, 2017, I... Am on another two-week block of uh, field training officer business, which I know you probably are just thinking if you're a normal listener. Didn't you just do that like two weeks ago or three weeks ago? I don't even know. Are you really that mad that I'm giving you a shorter episode of Fritzcast? Does it really matter how long the party goes? It, 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 it's it's still the same old Fritzcast. It's just a, a different time limit, a little more limited because. I'm cramming it into uh, a Monday just after I get off of work. Is is there really that much to complain about? Uh, I I love doing this though, and I really love doing it when the group of people are enthusiastic about the work, enthusiastic about the job. Uh, we we've talked about corrections a, a little bit on this program. Working in corrections is uh the, the what's uh what's a good way of putting it? It is a a, a uh, it's a very a hard job. It, it takes a certain type of mentality to be able to work in a, a prison, for sure. You have to have some kind of gumption about you. You just you just can't take the job as somebody who knows nothing about corrections and security and and really make it in that job, considering the dangers surrounding it. I mean. Really, you have to step back and think about it. That one of the things I explained to the group as I toured them today on one of the units that we were on, I was like, this is a unit where people have life sentences. Uh, they have murders or multiple murders or rapes or uh, um, among other bad crimes. Um, before I have a libertarian step up and tell me that there's, there must be drug crimes there. Uh, not not really. Most of the people that I'm looking at are people who have murdered people. On this one, on this specific tier, at least, anyway. And to have guys come in, I've had guys come in before, who are like, "Oh, these 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 guys are getting ready to do life, really." And you, you get really, they get very ab- ab- aversive to it, almost like. Like, they didn't know that that is what being a correctional officer entailed. Like, looking over people who might have heavy charges on them or sentences on them. Uh, The group that came in today, though, this this group seems really well-rounded. Hopefully, they don't know that I podcast and listen to this and take that as too much confidence for them. I'm just saying, they seemed pretty squared away. They seemed enthusiastic, open receptive, and I thought that was great. When I have a class that does that, the job becomes so much easier when everybody's on the same page, when everybody's a little enthusiastic about it. It's nice. It's nice to see. It's good to see. So that's going on. I, of course, have 
a couple of weekends and the evenings off to, to be with my wife, which is also another beautiful thing. Uh, it, great thing, and I'm serious about that. Uh, it's nice to come home and have a somewhat normal schedule. Uh, even if it's only somewhat, even if it's only slightly, um, it's, it's really, really great to have that. Uh, absolutely. So, as I sit here at, at my, my, you know, new desk, well, newer desk, I already told you about the new desk, I'm pretty sure. It's, it's nice to, uh, kick back, relax a little bit. You know, and just contemplate life for a while. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about is I sent an email to Jeff Shara, of all people. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know that name, I would uh, think about Gettysburg. His father, Michael Shara, wrote The Killer Angels, which is what I'm reading right now. He also wrote Gods and Generals, and I talked about reading Gods and Generals and enjoying that book uh, very much, more so than I enjoyed the movie, and I did I did enjoy the movie. Uh, but I wrote Jeff Shara a, a fan letter of sorts. He hasn't, uh, I don't know if he's going to ever read it or reply to it. That's not the point. Uh, the point is I got to organize my thoughts, and it really, it really did make me think about my appreciation of history my love and passion for for studying things of America's past and it's because of, it's because we're still we're off the week of 4th of July now and i've had that week to be very reflective and patriotic and and uh having having another having another week and having my face dug in this book the killer angels i think it's an excellent book an excellent retelling of the Battle of Gettysburg, which I, I'm looking right now and I'm thinking that me and my wife need to plot a trip to tr plot a trip to Gettysburg, uh, which is only about two hours from where I'm at right now. I would love to go back. I'd love to go back see what they've done with the new visitor center, the psych the, the cyclorama painting. I would love to check it out and just to hang out around cannons and visualize what I've been reading and what I've watched from the movie. It, it, but it was enough to make me write out, you know, a, a fan letter. I haven't written a fan letter to an author uh, in quite some time, if ever. I just thought that was interesting that I was drawn to, to writing him some fan mail. And if he replies, I'll share his reply with you. Uh, if he does, if he doesn't, hey, you know, it's whatever, you know, it's not a big deal. I don't expect a reply from people who are, you know, next level. But I'm having a having a good time trucking along reading the Killer Angels. Uh, big news that broke out over the week that I I ended up blogging about, and it's not the CNN story first. It's actually Austin Peterson. Austin Peterson. You might remember that name if you're a longtime podcast listener of this podcast, at least, uh, because Austin Peterson was running for the nomination for the Libertarian Party back in the 2016 election process. And Austin Peterson often is described as young, brash, uh, 
young, brash, in your face, liberty loving uh, individual. He tried to win the nomination for the Libertarian Party against Gary Johnson and ran on the principle that Gary Johnson shouldn't just be able to walk in and automatically have the nomination for the Libertarian Party, that he should have to earn it. And Austin Peterson really did take to take the uh, take the fight to Gary Johnson and made made him really really pushed Gary Johnson and made him uncomfortable at times for the nomination uh, for trying to be nominated for the Libertarian Party as the presidential nomination. Decided not to play that, so I'll just tell you, I'm running for the U.S. Senate as a Republican. Here. because you all know where I come from. You know where my roots are. More than just here on the farm, my roots are in liberty. Stick to it. In 2007, I joined a revolution and I never looked back. I still believe Ron Paul would have been the best damn president we had since Reagan, and before that, Calvin Coolidge. And his son, Rand Paul, I supported him, of course. Last year he didn't go through, which is why I ran, because I wanted somebody who would champion a pro-life, pro-liberty, pro-constitution viewpoint, and that's what I'm going to do in this race. But, you know, I spent the last two months, at least six hours a day, Jeffrey Carson, my campaign manager, and I, making phone calls. Raise your hand if you got a phone call in this audience. I know you got a phone call. I know you don't donate to politicians, though. <laughs> that's okay. That's a real libertarian there. <laughs> don't encourage him. <laughs> Austin Peterson in front of a crowd in Missouri announces that he's going to run for Missouri Senate seat against Claire McCaskill for her Senate seat in 2018. And to boot, Austin Peterson, breaking away from his libertarian roots, his libertarian party roots, says he's going to do it under the GOP banner. And I wrote an article about this. A little more in-depth than I'm going to talk about it. But I wanted to talk about it anyway. Just because uh, libertarians seemingly freaked out. Well, there's a divide. There's libertarians who think that the Libertarian Party should support Austin Peterson running for the Senate under the banner of the GOP. Which, let's take a step back, does that really make sense? No, it doesn't. Because the Libertarian Party is a separate party. I don't understand why people don't understand the differences between parties. The Libertarian Party is a third independent party. And much like the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, their their whole job as a party is to support candidates who are Libertarian candidates. Saw lots of arguments on Twitter with people. Saw lots of arguments with... Uh, with libertarians towards uh, libertarian chairman Nicholas Sarwark, um, among others. And I just didn't get it. I didn't understand it. See, Austin Peterson can leave the Libertarian Party and still be a, a true champion of liberty, have the same principles that the Libertarian Party provided 
and he just sees the opportunity as better with the Republican Party, which is, at the end of the day, exactly what I think he's going for. I think he sees a better opportunity, a better chance at uh, making a difference under the GOP banner, which is perfectly, if he wants to, he's perfectly fine. Everybody talks about everybody. All the libertarians talk about how he's betrayed the party and he's betrayed the movement. And I, I, I'm not so sure you could say that. I'm not. I'm not so sure that you could go with that. Considering the fact that the party went with uh, Gary Johnson and Will Bill William Weld Bill Weld, who. Libertarians to this day are still arguing whether or not Bill Weld was a good choice. I tend to back with Nicholas Sarwark saying that he helped bring in way more money. And he is still registered in supporting the Libertarian Party. So anything beyond that, we're splitting hairs, in my opinion. Uh, Austin Peterson at times was brash and, and, and bold. I mean, he did press Gary Johnson... With the uh, with the scenario of would you force a Jewish baker to bake a wedding cake for a Nazi? Might seem a little extreme, but the libertarian principle would be the government's not supposed to force the Jewish baker to bake the Nazi a cake. Now, Austin Peterson, he follows me on Twitter now. I I, I wrote a blog post about my thoughts and feelings of uh, Austin Peterson running for Senate. I'm really excited for the guy. I really hope success upon Austin Peterson. I'm following very closely. I'm doing what I can to support Austin Peterson in his endeavors in Missouri. And I would implore Missourians to pay attention to Austin Peterson and see how far he goes in that GOP run. It would be something if we could get him if you all could get him into the Senate to represent you. Especially because he is a champion of liberty. He is, at, at, at the core of his message, is liberty. Which should be the core of, of any message of a politician that you're looking to vote for at this point. We have drifted far, far away from it. But that's what it should be. That's what it should be. So Austin Peterson's running for Senate. And if you want to check out anything about Austin Peterson right now, I would implore you to visit his website, austinpeterson.com. That's Austin, P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N.com. And you can figure out all about Austin Peterson's for U.S. Senate campaign. You can donate money if you are so inclined. And if you want more on my thoughts and on the debate of Austin Peterson leaving the Libertarian Party and was it the right move, I suggest you visit my uh, blog at fritzcast.wordpress.com. Check it out. Now, it's been a, about a week or so since the CNN video, the, the Donald Trump video got, that got posted of him beating the crap out of the CNN logo. And I've had some time to sit and reanalyze some things. Uh, since <clears throat> writing my blog post, also at fritzcast.wordpress.com, not shilling here, obviously. 
Uh, I've had some time to sit back and, and listen to a couple other people and really, really reevaluate the situation. And at, at the end of the day, did uh, I don't think CNN actually threatened the guy that made the video at the end of the day. The wording was terrible in, in CNN's report on it. I'll give, I'll give everybody that. The wording was god-awful and opened a door to make people think that CNN was threatening the kid to reveal his identity and, and dox him and dox him. However, let's be honest here. Uh, John Ziegler is a guy I listen to. Uh, runs the World According to Zeke podcast. And he brought up a very excellent point. And that is, people are so quick to rush to the internet and expect that they have a right to conceal their identity with things. Basically, John Ziegler makes the argument that if you're going to post something on the internet, be it a video or a meme or a statement, and you're going to hide behind a, a Twitter handle, a Reddit handle. By the way, those of you who are not nerds and don't understand, the word handle means like username or whatever. If you're going to hide behind a handle, if you're going to hide behind your name, if you're going to hide behind some false sense of anonymity on the Internet, you should probably take a step back and realize that you actually don't have any right to be anonymous when you're interjecting an opinion into the public sector. See... People aren't going to care if you go on the internet and threaten somebody unwarrantedly, which a threat against somebody's life typically is unwarranted. Uh, if you go online and threaten somebody, not saying the CNN video was a threat because it wasn't. It was a goofy, dumb little meme. But if you go on the internet and threaten somebody, do you have a right to privacy? Do you have a right to privacy? I'm going to agree with John Ziegler and say, especially because once the video took off and the news was running with it and it was national news, the guy that made the video started bragging about it online, talking about, that's me, I'm the guy that made that video. So you're trying to soak up fame for it, or some attention at least anyway. And then when it comes to CNN figuring out who you were, I don't agree with the methods that CNN went about trying to find the identity of the man. But CNN finds out your identity, and then you go running and apologizing to them because you don't want your identity revealed because you're posting racist comments and other things on the Internet, which is what the case was with this guy. It wasn't a 15-year-old kid. Let's put that out there right now. A lot of people were falsely stating that CNN was bullying a 15-year-old kid for making a video. It wasn't a 15-year-old kid. It was a middle-aged man. No, CNN shouldn't be able to ruin his life. But if you're going to brag about making the video, then you get found out. Your identity gets found out, um, among other things. Everybody wants to hide. Nobody wants to, nobody wants to man up anymore. That's the problem. Nobody wants to man up. You want to hide behind avatars and handles on the internet and be all big and tough and keyboard warrior. I I'm getting this angle here where you need to man up. You need to man up. You need to stop being a pansy, which is what you're being. 
And when you go on the internet, Twitter handle or not, fake screen name or not, you you don't have a level of anonymity. Mind you. Mind you. Nobody has the right to try to dig in there and figure out what your name is, your address is, and to post it online to threaten you with it. But I, I sincerely doubt people are going to argue with it if you're posting racist or or threatening statements on the Internet. I sincerely doubt anybody's going to care if somebody docks you. I, I don't know, though. At the end of the day... CNN, in my in my book, is still in the wrong for being so butthurt over a video. A dumb video at that. And the guy that posted it is wrong because he's just a little pansy, <laughs> if that makes sense. So that's the CNN Revisited. The final piece to talk about this week is, is the Russia thing again. Russia, I've evolved my opinion since uh, before the election and now. Uh, with Russia, you have people like even Nikki Haley talking about talking about how Russia's our enemy, and they're not here to help us out, and they're not here to be a buddy to us. And at the end of the day, you know they're not. Um, e- I, I, even a libertarian, I think, at this point could uh, could not argue that there's not some chicanery going with um, this Putin business. Something else uncovers, like every other. Every other day, like uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, having been found, Donald Trump Jr., Kushner, and uh, Paul Manafort, people are calling for them to be questioned regarding a meeting with uh, Russian lawyers, Russian lawyer Natalia Veselinitskaya after she promised to provide damaging information on Hillary Clinton as reported by the New York Times. And now they're acting like it's a it's every facet of the of the Donald Trump associates is we had no Russia ties. We had no Russia ties. And something's uncovered where they were sitting down in a room with a Russian and some nefarious things happened. Um, and uh, this this lawyer, mind you, this Russian lawyer has ties to the Kremlin. And then Donald Trump does idiotic, d- 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 one of the most idiotic things. Look, l- l- let's just go through a rundown. Uh Yesterday, on July 9th, uh, Donald Trump tweeted out, quote, Putin and I discussed forming an impenetrable cybersecurity unit so that election hacking and many other negative things will be guarded and safe. Questions were asked about why the CIA and FBI had to ask the DNC 13 times for their server and were rejected. Still don't have it. Fake news said 17 intel agencies when actually four had to apologize. Why did Obama do nothing when he had info before election? Sanctions were not discussed at my meeting with President Putin. Nothing will be done until the Ukrainian and Syrian problems are solved. And then 
he tweeted just 21 hours ago from this moment in time, quote, the fact that President Putin and I discussed a cybersecurity unit doesn't mean I think it can happen. It can't, but a ceasefire can and did. Like, uh, trying to uh, champion your accomplishments. And, and so many people took and ran with the tweet about him talking with Putin about making a security council. <laughs> making some some fun, some really lighthearted fun at the idea being likened to creating a anti-terrorism unit with ISIS. Uh, because, come on, really, really. At the end of the day, there's some chicanery afoot with Russia, and anybody who would want to step back and say that Russia absolutely has no interest in hacking our election, meddling with us over here, is idiotic, to say the least. Just very dumb. Very stupid to assume that they don't have an incentive at it. And the evidence that's piling up does show that they were interfering in an election. Why Donald Trump, of all people? I don't think it was active colluding with Donald Trump. Just a, a nice little buddy-buddy relationship, it seems to be. But at the end of the day, Trump has to realize, he's got to realize, again, this is echoing John Ziegler, has to realize that he is looking like the fool in all this. Absolutely has to realize he's looking like the fool. What can be done about this Russia business? Uh, clearly, we have yet to give Russia a favorable ground. A truly favorable ground. However, what is Putin doing at the end of these meetings? Is he walking out laughing because he has the upper hand? Or what? What's going on there? Just some just some things to think about, man. Just some things to contemplate and consider in the coming weeks. But that's going to do it for this episode. As I said, it was a Fritzcast Fritz Forward. So I hope you enjoyed it. Like this, share this, spread it to the world. It's on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music. Also check out my blog, fritzcast.wordpress.com. More blog posts coming this week. And keep your eyes peeled. There might be a surprise in there Friday or Saturday. Maybe a little video. Who knows? I'll catch you guys next week. Love you.